And we are looking forward to that great day, that day when the Lord says he will wipe away every tear from our eye, and there will be no more weeping, because the walls of Zion will be built, and we will live with God for eternity. Great day. Today we're going to be talking about the color red. What's the first thing you associate with that color? A person, a feeling, emotion, a memory? When you're 16 years old and about to get your license, there are three colors you need to know. Green, yellow, but most importantly, red. Because when you're at a stop sign, the red is what keeps you safe. For me, I remember when I was a kid, I hated seeing red on my paper. The more red you had on your paper, the more wrong you were in that particular assignment. Red, it's the color of blood, the color of rubies, the color of strawberries, and next to orange, um, at the end of the visible spectrum of light, red is commonly associated with, with danger, with, with sacrifice, with passion, with fire, with beauty, with blood, with anger, with socialism and communism, and in China, it's associated with happiness. So if you were to, if I were to ask you if you were living in the red, what would that mean? And how would you respond? Today's title of our sermon is Living in the Red. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Lord, we recognize that you are working in the lives of every person in this place. And for whatever reason, you have brought them into this place at this moment because you, O oh God, have something to say. Still our souls. Open our ears and speak, Lord, to us, your children. Amen and amen. Early in his life, a young boy named Louis, he left school. But by the age of 20, Louis was editing a small newspaper and eventually he bought himself a print shop and became a successful publisher. And on June 19, 1899, this man was composing an editorial. And when he would compose editorials at his time, he always made sure that he put scripture in each of his editorials. And when he was doing this editorial, he ran across the words of Luke 22, verse 20. And it says, this cup is the New Testament in my blood which I shed for you. Seizing upon the symbolism of the blood, Louis asked his mentor if Christ's words in the Bible could not be printed in red. And his mentor responded, it could do no harm, and it most certainly could do much good. And it was because of him that the first Bible with the words of Jesus were printed 
in red. Living in the red. Today we're going to read those texts taken primarily from the Gospel of Mark. Now this is going to be something a little different, but those Gospel words will be primarily um, fr from the book of Mark and, and will be placed on the screen above so that you can read along with us. Each and every one of these texts are the words that Jesus spoke according to the book of Mark and are, for those of you who have Jesus' words in red, they're only the words in red. As we're challenged to live in the red, in the words of Jesus, our Savior, and as I read these texts, I find my mind filling in the blanks between the phrases and the stories. Now, I have to warn you that um, I haven't once gotten through these texts without my eyes welling up in tears, and um, some of these phrases speak deeply to specific circumstances in my life. And it is my prayer that as we do this together, that you have that same experience with this text. Mark 1.15 says, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Be quiet and come out of him. Let us go elsewhere into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this reason I have come forth. I want to be made clean. See, you say nothing to anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing, the, the things which Moses commanded as a testimony for them. Son, your sins are forgiven. Why do you reason these things in your heart? Which is easier, to tell the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. I tell you, arise, take your mat, and go to your house. Those who are healthy have no need for a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to re repentance. Can the groomsmen fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they can't fast. But these days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then on that day they will fast. So no one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the patch shrinks and, and, and the new tears away from the old, and, and a worse hole is made. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the skins, and the new wine pours out, and the skins will be destroyed. But they put new wine into fresh wineskins. Did you ever read what David did when he had need and was hungry? He and they who were with him? How he entered the house of God when Abathar was a high priest and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for priests, and gave also to those who were with him. The Sabbath was not made for man. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Stand up. It is lawful on the Sabbath day 
to do good? Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do harm? To save a life or to kill? Stretch out your hand. Let's go over to the other side. Peace, be still. Why are you so afraid? How is it that you have no faith? Come out of that man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? Go to your house, to your friends, and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has mercy on you. Who touched my clothes? Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be cured of your disease. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Why do you make an uproar and weep? This child is not dead but is asleep. Talitha kum, girl, get up. Let the children be filled first, for it is not appropriate for the children's bread to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. For this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. Epaphtha, be opened. I have compassion on the multitude because they have stayed with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away fasting to their home, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come a long way. How many loaves do you have? Why does this generation seek a sign? Most assuredly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. Why do you reason that it is because you have no bread? Don't you perceive, yet neither understand? Is your heart still hardened, having eyes that you, that you don't see, having ears that don't hear? Don't you remember when I broke the five loaves among the 5,000? How many basketfuls of broken pieces did you take up? And when the seven loaves fed the 4,000, how many basketfuls of broken pieces did you take up? Don't you understand yet? Don't enter into the village, nor tell anyone in the village. Who do you say I am? But who do you say that I am? Get behind me, Satan, for you have in mind not the things of God, but the things of men. Whoever wants to come after me must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever wants to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what will a man give in exchange for his life? For whoever will be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes into the glory of his father with the holy angels most assuredly I tell you that you today even this night before the rooster crows twice will deny me three times sit here while I pray my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death stay here and watch Abba, Father, all things are possible to you. Please remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you wilt. 
Simon, are you sleeping? Couldn't you watch an hour, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation? The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Arise, let us be going. Behold, he who betrays me is at hand. Have you come out as a, against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? I, will, I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you didn't arrest me. But this is so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. I am. You will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of the sky. Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. The words are yours. Eli, Eli, lamak sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in the words of 1 John 3.16, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Why is it that we let the words of humans affect us more than these? For Jesus did not give us an empty set of words. They were followed by actions that spoke much louder. Why do we believe the lies that we, never, um, that, will, that we will never amount to anything? Why do we believe the lies that we aren't pretty enough, handsome enough, smart enough? Why do we believe the lies that, that we have, that what we have is, is all that we will ever be able to attain? Why do we seek for approval of the masses or those few loud voices? Why do we allow the media to define what love is? Why do we allow our lives to get so busy that we do not make time to live a life that is immersed in these red words? Why do we think that we know more than Jesus? And why do we offer him advice? What spoke to you? So they're just portions of the gospel story of, of God incarnate, of God becoming flesh. And these are the words, the few words that we have of our Savior coming and just speaking. These are all that we have to hold on to. And sometimes... These words are enough. See, we all come here with something. We don't come here empty-handed. We don't come here with nothing. We all come with baggage on our back. We all have those moments where we messed up and we say, dear God, what was I thinking? Will I ever be reconciled to my, to my friends, to my family, to my sibling? Will I ever be reconciled to you? 
And I think about my own life and the priorities that I have. And I think about the lives of the people that I spend time with. And, and so many times I have failed to make God the center of my life. And I couldn't help but read these texts and have tears coming down my eyes because I think about the life that Jesus lived. And the only priority that he had was that we might be reconciled to him. The only priority that he had was that we would know who God is. And so he lived a life that gave us a glimpse of something much bigger. Today we, we have a band here that is amazing. I wish that I was able to be a part of something when I was your age, like that. And we have people that are singing praises to God. And they've studied for hours and hours just to make sure that they hit the right note and they blend the right way that the crescendos and decrescendos are done with everyone together as a whole so that they sound as if they are one voice. And I have to ask myself and invite you to ask with me, am I making sure that my one voice is praising God over myself? I think about the many arguments that I've gotten into with people, with my friends, with my families, with, 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 you know, whoever. And most of those arguments stem from the fact that I don't feel good about what they said to me. Their words don't make me feel good, and so I'm going to fight so that they know that I have value. But in the words of Jesus, in those red letters in our Bible, the one thing that Jesus was fighting for was that you might know that the one God who created the whole universe is still creating something in you. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and, that, and that this one God will never finish creating Our God is always in the business of making something new. And the really cool thing is he never, ever allows us to stay where we are. We are always, always in an area of growth. We are always growing. We are always becoming something new. We are always becoming better than we were yesterday, the last hour, the last minute. God is always wanting to make something better in us. Because this God is faithful, it is because this God doesn't give up on us that we, give up, we get up every day. And whether or not we choose to acknowledge that God is God and God is sovereign and God is over our lives, whether or not we choose to acknowledge it, God still provides the breath of life. I remember once reading a quote from this lady that I've come to call Auntie Ellen. 
And she wrote about the grace of God and how graceful God was because God, who was the sustainer and the giver of life, sustained even the breath of life in those men who were taking the nails and impaling them in Jesus. Even them, even for them, the Lord said, just let them breathe a little while longer. In the habit, the Lord is in the habit of giving us more than we deserve. We believe that the Old Testament is something that points into this incarnation of Christ and this God in the flesh. And, and if we are to be followers of Jesus, we too must allow God to reside within the boundaries of our soul. We are called to this incarnational living with Jesus at the center of our lives and our very soul. And reading these texts have just challenged me to ask myself, am I living in a way that is incarnational, that through my very life, I am a reflection of the God I serve? Scripture was written because God became incarnate, and scripture will continue to be written in the lives that we live. Some of us, some of us don't have much knowledge of scripture, but we know who God is. Some of us know people who will never, ever open the words and open the Bible to read those words in red. But the most powerful thing, the most powerful scripture that anyone can read is the scripture of your life. It doesn't matter what the Bible says when their friends aren't living it out in their own lives. I've heard people say, yeah, Jesus is pretty awesome, but I don't know about, about these Christians. And I hope and I pray that as God continues to grow me and grow you and grow us, that we come together and that we sing in that one voice and we crescendo and we decrescendo together because our audience is the audience of God. And even if I can't hit the right note, I will sing with the music of my soul so that when people come into my presence, they see the drippings of God in my life. The book of John has these seven I am sayings that Jesus used to describe himself, and I want to share them with you. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I am the gate. If anyone enters through me, 
He shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me shall live even if he dies. I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father but through me. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. This is the God that asks us to put our complete trust in him. Do you think he's someone you can trust? Is there something that you're holding back Is there something that you just don't think that you can give? Do you find yourself saying, I've got this one, God. I've got this one, God. I'll call you if I need reinforcements. that cries out in the silence searching for a heart that will love him longing for a child that will give him their all give it all he wants it all and there's a God that walks over the earth he's searching for a heart that is dead Longing for a child that will give them their all, give it all. He wants it all, and he says, Love me, love me with your whole heart. He wants it all today. Serve me, serve me with your life now all today bow down let go of your idols he wants it all today he wants it all today he wants it all today he wants it all and there's a god that walks over the earth Searching for a heart that is desperate, longing for a child that will give them their all, give it all. He wants it all, and he says, Love me, love me with your whole heart. It all stay. Serve me, serve me with your life now is it all today bow down let go of your idols he wants it all today he wants it all today he wants it all today he wants it all today. 
Child that will give. 